For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, last summer, Stanford Athletics put 11 programs on the chopping block. But now, they've announced that they're going to continue those 11 sports. So, Stanford Athletics will still be repped by 36 sports. Great news. But I still have mixed feelings. We'll dive into all of that on this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. Great to have you with us. It's Tuesday, May 18th, 2021. Been a while, but great to be back with you. And certainly glad to be talking overall about the things that we're going to be discussing as far as our big topic is concerned on this show. I am indeed Troy Clarity. Hi, how are you? That's me in the show. Uh, Great to have you with us. Uh, 28 years following Stanford sports, just wrapped my seventh season of play-by-play announcing with the Pac-12 network across seven sports. Uh, nice to take a little breather. <laughs> Last three months have been a sprint, man, but that is that is not a bad thing at all. Um, we will, of course, dive into the big news of the week for Stanford Athletics, the Tuesday morning announcement that that Stanford will retain the 11 sports that uh, it was uh, had designed had, had designs on cutting uh, last summer with that shocking announcement from last July. And, of course, we will look ahead as well to uh, Stanford football's spring game this Saturday. That's coming up. Hey, how about that? Looking forward to being at Stanford Stadium and uh, seeing as much as I possibly can about uh, Stanford football before it breaks and then reconvenes for fall drills, which will be happening before we all know it. And normally we lead with three things, but but we'll do that later because obviously we have one big thing. So plenty of things to discuss on this week's episode of the TreeCast. Don't forget you can give me the follow on Twitter at Troy Clarity, at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. I always appreciate the follow. I always appreciate you being as interactive as you can be with the show. The best way to do that is to hit me up on Twitter with the hashtag TreeCast. That is by far the best way for me to ensure that I see whatever is on your mind around Stanford sports. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the show via your favorite listening app. Rate and review the show. Download and listen and enjoy it. Tell everyone you know about the program as uh, we certainly appreciate. We've done a lot of great things with the Believe Podcast Network since joining these guys uh, in uh, last spring, uh, 14 months ago. And a lot of things have happened over those 14 months, but uh, certainly glad that to, uh, uh, to have the home here on the Believe Podcast Network. First, though, before we dive into the one big thing, a reminder that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA playoffs getting going this week. Major League Baseball, of course, is uh, in full swing. The Stanley Cup playoffs are very much in the mix as well. Well, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, July 8th, 2020, Stanford announced that it was cutting 11 varsity programs at the end of the 2020-21 academic year, uh, citing concerns over the financial solvency of carrying 36 sports. Those 11 sports that were designed to be cut, men's and women's fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, squash, synchronized swimming, men's volleyball, and wrestling. And I've been covering Stanford sports since 1993, both up close on the farm and away back on the East Coast and still hosting the Stanford Daily Updates uh, for the Stanford Radio Network, even though I was living back east at the time. I, I, I've, been, I've been around Stanford sports since 1993, and, and that's the darkest day in, in my time following Stanford athletics by far. Darkest day. Those teams still competed this academic year. And many of them excelled, as usual. Field hockey won a conference title. Uh, wrestling was, was led by, by Shane Griffith's national championship. Great moments uh, throughout, those, throughout those respective seasons, despite the, the humongous cloud that those programs were competing under. And, and while Stanford athletes were competing on those sports' biggest stages, many did so with with black tape covering the Stanford on their uniforms or the uniforms turned inside out. Not a great look for the university at all. But you know what? For those student athletes, I got it. I understood completely. Which leads us to this week and Tuesday, May 18th, 2021, the day that Stanford announced that those 11 sports will be retained. In a statement, Stanford President Mark Tessier-Levine said, quote, We have new optimism based on new circumstances, including vigorous and broad-based philanthropic interest in Stanford athletics on the part of our alumni, which have convinced us that raising the increased funds necessary to support all 36 of our varsity teams is an approach that can succeed. End of quote from the statement from Stanford President Mark Tessier-Levine. In a separate FAQ... That's frequently asked questions. The question is posed, hey, what, what will happen if Stanford is unable to raise the funds needed to operate these 11 sports? And Stanford's answer to that question in total, quote, we are committed to supporting 36 sports at the varsity level, including those 11 sports. End of quote. Sounds pretty cut and dry from that standpoint. It doesn't sound like the survival of those 11 sports going forward is contingent upon donor support. The school is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that those programs uh, stay viable and competitive and that the athletic department stays viable and competitive as a whole. All the releases that Stanford University put out, uh, the Stanford Athletics release, the letter from university leadership, including President Tessier Levine, uh, Stanford University Provost Persa Strell and Stanford Athletic Director Bernard Muir and that FAQ, all of those releases specifically noted the 36 Sports Strong Group and its efforts uh, led by, by folks like Andrew Luck, Jessica Mendoza, Adam Keefe, Jennifer Azey, and a whole host of other Stanford great, greats across 
uh, the broad spectrum uh, that Stanford Sports has offered. A lot of names that you know and a lot that you don't. But the 36 Sports Strong Group helped lead the way as, as far as the messaging, as far as the leadership in, in keeping those 11 sports alive. And all of those releases that Stanford put out on Tuesday noted the efforts of the 36 Sports Strong Group. The hope is to keep the 240 affected student-athletes at Stanford. Of course, you know they're, they're free to transfer and go anywhere they wish to go. None of those 240 student-athletes uh, have finalized transfers elsewhere, according to Stanford in their, in their FAQ from earlier today. And the university and the athletic department will honor all existing coach contracts. One, one coach has already left. Stanford uh, wrestling coach Jason Borelli, he has already accepted the, uh, the, the, the job at American University. So everyone else, Stanford, will honor all of the existing coach contracts that remained. Whether those coaches take the university up on that remains to be seen. You might have heard about the two lawsuits that were filed by Stanford student-athletes last week, but discussions to keep the 11 sports at the varsity level were already well underway, so, so Tuesday's announcement had nothing to do with those lawsuits. So to hear the university tell it, the outpouring of support in favor of keeping those programs, along with the dollars that came with that support, plus an improved economic outlook in the markets, and also uh, an improved outlook as far as public health is concerned. Things are getting better in that respect as well. All of those things combine to equal a way for Stanford to retain 36 varsity sports going forward. And it's good news on a lot of different levels. Don't need to, uh, I'm not breaking any major news here when I tell you all this, but Stanford is a major, major player on the Olympic sports scene. And the impact of this, if these cuts had gone through, would have been tremendously negative across so many different fields and across so many different spectrums. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you field hockey as an example. Field hockey, pretty big in the Northeast, trying to grow on the West Coast, making some nice inroads in that respect. But field hockey as a sport is trying to grow on the West Coast. You can't do that if you lose Stanford. If that had gone through, then Cal would have been the only West Coast Power 5 school to play varsity field hockey. That would have been really tough to continue. Would have made it, made it very difficult for Cal perhaps even to continue with its field hockey program. Look, I mean, Stanford's already playing in the America East Field Hockey Conference. <laughs> you know, they, they, they split the conference in two to be able to accommodate some West Coast schools like Stanford and Cal and UC Davis. But, but with Stanford out of the picture, that, that might have become pretty untenable going forward. So that would have had a tremendous impact on growing field hockey as a sport. When, uh, wrestling and, and men's volleyball at Stanford have terrific histories, fantastic histories. To see all of that evaporate would have taken a large chunk out of Stanford's identity as the home of champions. So, 
So this is, this is certainly good news. And, and congratulations to those who worked to make this possible. Congratulations and thank you, a major thank you to the student athletes who competed, the coaches who coached, and the support staff who kept doing their jobs. Not only under the cloud of having their programs canceled, but also through through all of all of this. And that's this with a capital T, the pandemic, the social unrest. Uh, all sorts of other things that are that are roiling through the country even as we speak. Through all of this, the student-athletes still competed, the coaches still coached, and the support staff who worked for the university kept doing their jobs in support of those programs. Congratulations and thank you to all of them. I'd love to congratulate the university, too, for, for walking this decision back. But I'm going to stop short there. And, and, and that's why I have mixed feelings about all of this. Happy day. Yes, it sure as hell beats the alternative. But if this was really about funds and really about fundraising, I'm, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that the university would have gone that route first and gone to the alumni and gone to the, gone to the, 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 the donors I'm pretty sure they would have gone that route first. I mean, look, if, if there's one thing colleges need to be good at, it's fundraising, right? <laughs> I can't tell you how much mail I get from Stanford University to this very day about, about giving them money. So I'll stop short there. I'm pretty sure the university would have gone that route first. And, and that's why I, I have mixed feelings about all this. I'm glad Stanford Athletics will be back at full strength for the foreseeable future. I'm happy that the tireless work of several groups paid off. But I'm not going to lie to you. It, it just still irks me that it had to come to this. That this happened, this all happened the way that it did in the first place. And that a great university and athletic department took a major, major hit that it may not have needed to. I mean, did the university panic because of the pandemic? Was it spooked by the economic outlook at the time? By Varsity Blues? By other considerations? I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think not. I hope not. But because of this decision and because things happened the way that they did, you know, it, it, you, you can't erase this. You can't turn back the clock. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, and there's going to be a lot of restoration work ahead. On the university's standpoint, from the athletic department standpoint as well, this whole episode was very damaging to Stanford Athletics' standing and to Stanford University's reputation. And the programs themselves, they have a lot of work to do too. And... I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens personnel-wise if student-athletes decide to stay now or if they decide to, uh, to, 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 seek, um, to, to seek their collegiate careers elsewhere. Who knows? But, but we may even see a near-complete rebuild in some cases for some of these programs. And for those programs that, that have to compete in the fall, there is next to no time to do it in. That is a super quick turnaround to 
have to turn around to the fall to try to get recruiting back up to speed, to try to get a program back up and running when things may have been may have been shut down completely, perhaps? I don't know. I don't know. All of that being said, walking it all back and reinstating and keeping those 11 sports, that's the first step in truly repairing that damage. A long way to go. A long way to go. But I'm happy to see it. I'm glad to see it. And this is the first step. And, and I'm glad that, that, that going forward, that Stanford Athletics will truly be at full strength. As always, I welcome your thoughts, your reaction. Hot button topic. Look, and I remember we we did we did a tree cast that very day that all of this was announced, and it was a hard, hard conversation that we had to have that day. And I certainly welcome your thoughts on things going forward. Hashtag TreeCast on Twitter is the way to go there. Hit me with the hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. We'll take a closer look, a brief closer look at Stanford football's spring game on Saturday, coming up a bit later on in the show. But first, after our one big thing, we need to give you three other things you need to know around Stanford Athletics. We normally do this to lead off every show, but but this news was pretty big for obvious reasons, so we had to make some, some format changes for this week's episode. Three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics. We begin, as always, with number one. And congratulations to Stanford Softball for making the NCAA tournament. Stanford is headed off to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where they will be the number two seed in that regional. Another big step for Jessica Allister, the Stanford head coach, one of the all-time greats uh, for Stanford softball and her program. And especially considering they only had two weeks of practice before the season began. I remember talking to Jessica Allister before the season began. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to couch things because I pretty much know what the answer is going to be. You know, hey, what are you expecting this year? What's fair to expect? And she's pretty much throwing up her hands. I can hear her throwing up her hands on the phone and saying, hey, I have no idea what to expect going forward. I have no idea what it's going to look like. We only have two weeks to get things ready before the season starts. I'll never forget that conversation with Jessica Allister back in February. But despite all of that, they were able to put it together, get some big wins, have big showings, good showings throughout Pac-12 play. And, man, that conference is a gauntlet. You, We've talked about this with Stanford softball great Jessica Mendoza when she joined us back in mid-February. And this is a fun team to watch, man, with, with Elena Vodder and Reagan Krause leading the way in the circle pitching-wise. Veterans like Tegan Cowles. Taylor Gindelsberger really took a major step, continued her major step that she showed in the 2020 season. Eleni Sparakis, a grad transfer. How about that from Santa Clara? She did big things this se- this season. And Ali Kanashiro, a freshman, coming on strong and hitting well. A lot of great players on the Stanford squad. So this is a fun team to watch overall. Cardinal won 31 games this season. They finished out the regular season by taking two out of four from fifth-ranked Washington. That may have had devastating impacts on the Huskies, by the way. Fifth-ranked Washington, and they're the 16th seed in the tournament? How does that work? The Razorbacks, uh, South Dakota State, and Manhattan round out the rest of the region in Fayetteville, along with Stanford, who begins 
against uh, South Dakota State on Friday. First pitch at 12.30 p.m. Pacific. So congratulations to Stanford softball as they continue their upward trajectory from, from being at some real low points just a few years ago. Stanford very happy about its place in the NCAA tournament. Everyone else in the Pac-12 who made the NCAA tournament, I think they've got some real, real beef for where they went. UCLA, the two-seed overall, I think they could have really been the one-seed overall. Uh, I understand the committee maybe being a bit wowed by what Oklahoma was able to do throughout the course of the season, but, but UCLA is a better team than, than Oklahoma is. And Washington got, got hosed. Oregon did, too. They got to go to Texas. Arizona and Arizona State seeded too low. Man, Pac-12 softball grossly underserved by the selection committee this time out. But Stanford's happy. And if Stanford's happy, then, then I tend to be a bit more pleased than most. But still, overall, the Pac-12 got really, really underserved by the selection committee. The words I want to use are stronger, but this is a family This is a family show. My grandmother's probably listening. Let's get to number two. Stanford baseball in the mix for a Pac-12 title. They took a bit of a step back over the weekend by dropping two of three at Cal. But on Monday night at Sunken Diamond in a non-conference tilt with the Bears, the Cardinal got a much-needed win with some dramatics to get the job done. In the air to right field, it gets down, and it drops for a base hit. Huff scores. Good night, everybody. Cardinal win and beat the California Golden Bears. And finally, in the 12th inning, Stanford can exhale. Hey, that voice sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, that's me. Great to have the call on GoStanford.com and Pac-12 Plus in Stanford's win over Cal on Monday night. What a, what a weird game. Cal scored the first five runs. Stanford scored the next six. Cal tied it up in the eighth, and then Stanford won it in the 12th. What a night for Grant Burton. I, I, I joked on Twitter on Tuesday morning that that, that game might not have counted in the Pac-12 standings between Stanford and Cal, but that night will live forever in the Grant Burton Hall of Fame. Rarely used junior, uh, came on as a defensive replacement, uh, got a big double that was stretched to a, uh, ended up on third thanks to an error in the Cal outfield to lead off the 11th inning, but got stranded there with nobody out. And then he comes around and comes through with the uh, big-time RBI single to win it for Stanford. So a big night for Grant Burton and a big win as Stanford was named one of 20 finalists to host an NCAA regional. That list was announced uh, late last week. Continued success from here out would help in a major way as Stanford tries to become one of the 16 regional hosts. Stanford in third place in the Pac-12. They head up to Oregon to, place, to face first place Oregon this week. Then they'll finish out the regular season by hosting Oregon State. Beavers are currently, currently in a three-way tie for fourth place. So a lot still to be settled in the Pac-12 title race and big opportunities ahead for the Cardinal. Stanford's been living on clutch hitting, stellar Friday night pitching, and a promising young bullpen. Can it carry them to hosting a regional? We'll find out in the next couple of weeks. And finally, let's finish it up with number three. And a couple of shout-outs to a couple of Stanford teams whose seasons have ended since our last episode in late April. Uh, Stanford men's soccer won the Pac-12 title in dramatic fashion and uh, made the NCAA tournament. Jeremy Gunn 
and his team continuing to do fantastic things to represent Stanford and the sport of men's soccer uh, super well, of course, on the strength of uh, three consecutive national championships between 2015 and 2017. But a one nothing final to North Carolina ended Stanford's season this year, Cardinal finished 10-3-1 on the year, uh, just short of another College Cup appearance. Meanwhile, Stanford women's water polo made the NCAA semifinals last week before losing to UCLA 9-7. So a quick shout-out to both of those uh, teams. Great seasons, great showings in the postseason, and uh, looking forward to seeing what each of those respective squads can do. In the upcoming sports season ahead, and for men's soccer to turn around very, very fast, that's a fall sport, so we'll see them again very, very soon. Those are three things. And we have a Stanford football spring game coming up on Saturday afternoon. Looking forward to being at Stanford Stadium on Saturday for that. Always great to get a Get a quick preview. Look, I mean, do, do you really want to put a whole lot of things on on a spring football game? Part of it depends on on the team itself and and what sort of subplots it it's facing. How young the team is, how solidified different positions are. So so different spring football games mean different things to different teams. But I'm certainly looking forward to being in the house at Stanford Stadium at 1 p.m. Uh, on Saturday, uh, checking out Stanford football. And, of course, question number one for Stanford football uh, for the months ahead. Hey, David Shaw, how's the quarterback competition going? I think the quarterback competition is going very well. Uh, both guys have had their moments. Both guys have shown they can operate everything that we have. Um, our young guys are coming along, guys behind them. Um, Ari Patu uh, can really throw the ball. Um, still has his freshman mistake here, freshman mistake there, even though he's kind of a pre-freshman. Uh, but so excited, so grateful to our administration for allowing us to to bring uh, he and or him in early. That's David Shaw in his most recent media availability doing a quick uh, summary of the quarterback competition. He mentioned Ari Patu, the uh, true freshman by name. But the two to watch there are Jack West and Tanner McKee. We've seen Jack West. Uh, he got that start against UCLA in the fall of 2019. That did not go his way. Not a great first impression. Looked better against Oregon in the season opener last year. And Tanner McKee. Uh, saw some uh, playing time in that game up at uh, Eugene as well. West and McKee are the main two to watch there, and I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of those two under center on Saturday. Not so sure about other guys that we're going to be seeing on the field this week at the spring game. As David Shaw told the media that he might keep out inside linebackers Ricky Miazon and Jacob Magnum Farrar. He might keep out cornerback Ethan Bonner and running backs Dorian Maddox and Justice Wood. Now, he's been very, very happy with how all of those guys have shown. They've seen a lot of practice time. He's very happy with how all of those guys have played this spring. But David Shaw admitted that, that he might keep those guys out for precautionary measures. So, you know, he might not get a whole lot of answers, particularly the inside uh, linebacker spot, and maybe getting a whole lot of answers uh, as far as depth is concerned at the running back spot. Um, behind um, Austin Jones and Nathaniel Pete. That being said, might be time for more EJ Smith. I wouldn't be mad at that and seeing a lot more of him uh, in the backfield going forward 
for the Cardinal. And Ethan Bonner, who had, you know, had, had some interesting moments early in the season, uh, playing cornerback for Stanford, certainly has the size that, that seems to be in vogue as far as defensive backs are concerned in football these days. Uh, so good to hear that he's working his way back and uh, looking good in practice. Caillou Blue Kelly, of course, uh, a major part of that Stanford secondary as well, along with Jonathan McGill. But uh, Megan Farrar, Miazon, Bonner, Maddox, and Woods, perhaps on track to being held out due to precautionary measures for the spring game. Now, even that being said, Mangum Farrar and Miazon, two critical members of Stanford's linebacking core. And during that recent media availability that, that Coach Shaw had, I asked him, what unit defensively do you feel the most about right now? And his answer was the linebacking core. We played the last two years probably at somewhere between 70 and 80% capacity on the defensive side. And I've said it over and over, you know, to Lance Anderson, we put so much pressure on him to call the perfect game and make the perfect call. And that's not how you want to play. You want to, as a defense coordinator, you want to go out to the game day and just let those guys loose uh, and be aggressive. And I don't think we've been able to do that. Uh, we've had really good play by a lot of our guys, but when we played two year, two, two seasons without, you know, two guys that I think are outstanding inside linebackers, that's Ricky Mazon and Jacob Mangle Farrar. Um, Gabe Reed has gone, has switched back there and, and has done a great job um, uh, making that switch. Um, but we got a multiple guys there that I think uh, have a chance to really make an influence on this football team. So uh, it's tough to say, but our, our, our linebacking core, if we can be healthy, is really exciting. Stephen Heron has made a big jump this off, this, this off season. Um, faster, stronger. Uh, better handle on on that at that position, which is a little bit different than the way he played in high school. Um, we felt his 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 presence uh, on the on the on the on the offensive side um, as a as an edge rusher. Um, so there, there's so many guys right now, and I think we're a lot deeper than people know, partially because we've been so injured. Uh, but if we can be healthy, um, the way that we're running and running around, and it looks like uh, those great defenses that we've had in the past that have led us to Pac-12 championships and, and Rose Bowl championships. Yeah, an intriguing answer and, and, and an honest one, as usual, from David Shaw. And, and, and I find it, you know, find it intriguing that he pointed out that, look, because that linebacking core and the defense maybe in total have been playing only at 70%, 80% effectiveness because of health issues from a personnel standpoint, that that really hamstrung Lance Anderson, the Stanford defensive coordinator, uh, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, the Willie Shaw director of defense. That really hamstrung Lance Anderson in a lot of ways because he didn't have the personnel to go out there and do what he really, really needed to do. If those two guys can stay healthy, and it's been the big problem for those two since, since they started seeing playing time in the 2019 season, we barely saw Magnum Farrar and Miazon this year. I really liked what I saw from Miazon in particular. A little nastiness that he showed in that Oregon game before, unfortunately, he was lost for what, what, what turned out to be the remainder of the season after making that appearance against the Ducks in the season opener. But... Glad to know that he feels good about the linebacking core going forward because Stanford defensively, talk about the quarterbacks all you want to, and they are certainly going to be a major, major part of how Stanford fares in the fall. 
Stanford really needs much more consistent play and improved consistent play defensively all around from front to back. I, I like some things that Stanford has going up front. Thomas Booker could very well be a superstar by the time that this upcoming season is done on the field, off the field. Look, you know, I'm a big fan of that guy. And, and I really like what we've seen uh, elsewhere as well. Stephen Heron, you heard David Shaw mention him as he really came on as the season went along. But defensively, it is defensively. And if, if, I'm, if, if I'm assigning two major keys for Stanford football in 2021, quarterback is 1A because you don't go anywhere in the Pac-12 unless you have a good quarterback play. Defense is 1B because that needs to get much better and much more consistent going forward. We mentioned the defensive line. They might be getting some reinforcements from maybe in some respects and a, a surprising source. Tucker Fisk, we've seen him at tight end, but he's been getting some run at defensive line throughout Stanford's spring session. David Shaw with more on that development. We've always recruited him as a tight end, and Dyron Reynolds has always been in my ear since the first time we saw his film. I thought, man, it looks like a defensive lineman to me. Didn't his dad play defensive line? Didn't his dad play with you? Wasn't he a defensive lineman? Didn't he play in the NFL on defensive line? So Coach Reynolds has been kind of chirping about him for, for four years now. Um, and uh, Tucker really came to me and asked um, if, he, if he could give it a shot over there. And I said, sure. Um, are we potentially broaching an Owen Marisic type of uh, an, an endeavor? Quite possibly. Um, he's got that kind of ability. Um, they're just very, very few human beings that are 280 pounds that are quick and explosive uh, and physical um, that can that can pass rush and at the same time can can block block the gap schemes. Um, so uh, it, it's it's gone past the experiment stage right now and um, really really intriguing uh, to make sure first and foremost that we don't run him ragged um, and and put him in in position to be to be injured. Um, but at the same time, um, he has a skill set that really might be able to play uh, in, in both of those areas. So um, we'll, we'll see how it looks after we finish spring and we'll do some more tinkering during fall, fall camp and see where we, how we uh, start the season. And you might remember back when uh, the Stanford was really struggling at the fullback position with depth and injuries at that spot. I was like, hey, you know, let's put Tucker Fisk back there perhaps make him a blocking back and, and see potentially what he can do. So I, I thought he might make a, a good fullback, but as it turns out, he might make a pretty decent defensive lineman as well. And it makes sense. You know, his dad, Jason, a stalwart at nose tackle throughout his career on the farm, a career that I remember watching a good chunk of, and it's freaking me out a little bit that, that guys that were in college the same time I was, their kids are now in college, too. We'll, we'll, we'll get back on the subject at hand before I get really depressed. But but that, that that's intriguing in a lot of different respects. Tucker Fisk, who has the pedigree, certainly, to, to make that kind of move, to perhaps go on an Owen Marisic-type endeavor, as, as, as Coach Shaw put it. Remember against Notre Dame in 2010 when Marisic scored a touchdown at fullback on one play? and then took a pick six back to the house on the very next play at linebacker. It was a pretty neat little sequence. A lot of neat sequences for that, for that 2010 team. 
So no shortage of things to watch. I'm not expecting to 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 walk away with any grand revel revelations and any huge takeaways from from the spring game this Saturday. I'm not expecting to walk out of there going, "Oh my god." Either in a positive way or a negative way. And if I do, hopefully it's in a positive way. You know, hopefully I'm walking out of there like I'm walking out of the like I walked out of the 2009 spring football game. When I said to myself, "Man, this this Andrew Luck kid might very well be the real deal." <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't mind walking out of Stanford Stadium after the 2021 spring game having positive big revelations. Hopefully we're I'm not walking out of the building going, "Oh boy, this 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 might this might take a lot longer than than I might think." We'll see. We'll see. Again, I'm not expecting much, but there are some key things that I'm certainly going to be keeping an eye on uh, when I'm in the building on Saturday. I'm sure you are, too. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on, on, on what position units you want to see the most out of. Quarterback, I'm sure, is one of them. What are some of the others? Give me the tweet. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast if you want to have your voice heard on that or anything else that we have discussed on the show. A reminder to subscribe, rate, review the program. And so whenever you subscribe to the show, whenever any anytime a new TreeCast is posted, boom, it goes right to your favorite listening app. It doesn't get much better than that. We are on an irregular posting schedule, although with the spring football game coming up this Saturday, pretty sure we're going to have reaction from the spring football game coming up for you uh, next week on the TreeCast. So looking forward to coming at you next time. Can't wait. And again, great news that Stanford is, uh, is, is, is going to drop its plan to cut those 11 sports and to go at full strength for the foreseeable future. Great, 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 great news all the way around. We'll see you next time on the TreeCast. Don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. And I won't say mask it or casket because things appear to be getting better from a public health standpoint, but still be smart going forward. This thing ain't over yet. It's not over yet. Be smart. And if you're in doubt, wear a mask. Keep that going until this thing is completely, totally, and fully behind us. And um, to my little champ, Murray, love you always, little buddy. Rest in peace. We'll see you next time on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by Bet Online. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.